Did you know you can support your local independent bookstore and me in my efforts to promote books that feature women in aviation by shopping for your next aviatrix read on the Literary Aviatrix website? I built the website to serve as a central source to search and find books featuring women in aviation, and it was important to me to offer you the opportunity to buy from independent sellers. If the book you're interested in is available on bookshop.org, you'll find a link to purchase through my affiliate account on my website, which means I'll receive a small portion of the sale to support the content you love. Blue skies and happy reading. This is Liz Booker with the Literary Aviatrix Waypoint along our journey through stories featuring women in aviation. This one is from Season 1, Episode 19, in my interview with Amy Goodpaster Streeby about her book, Flying for Her Country, the American and Soviet Women Military Pilots of World War II. This interview first aired in 2021, during March, a month in which we celebrated the women who flew for their countries during World War II. And what strikes me about this is as Amy talks about the similarities and differences between the women who flew for Russia and the women who flew for the United States as the WASP, the kind of conversations that were going on in the 1940s continued to go on in the 1970s when women first started flying again in U.S. militaries. And then even as late as 1996, 1997, there were no restrooms in the hangar at the air station where I was assigned that men still had and continue to have negative attitudes about women being in aircraft. And as we approach International Women's Day and aspire to work toward gender parity and equal opportunity for women, I hope that we can get past some of these conversations that were happening 70 years ago. I'd, I'd love to know, like, what were the differences that surprised you or, or what did you go in expecting um, maybe that wasn't true? And then also, you know, what were the similarities that surprised you in your research? Well, I think, well, the similarities were definitely, which I talk a lot about the kind of the gender issues in, in, in the book about the discrimination of um, the women, because even, you know, this is the first time, you know, in a large capacity, the, the, the Russian women have flown, especially, you know, at that kind of um, extent, because, you know, the, in, in Russia at that time, because of the war, they needed as many you know pilots as possible. And so I think that the the government wasn't particularly thrilled to have like women flying just because it, you know, being a very patriarchal kind of society, it was kind of deemed as like, oh, you must be really desperate, you know, if you're sending out your girls to be killed. But Stalin was actually pretty supportive of it. And he and Rina Raskova, who who started the the, the three women's regiments, you know, seemed to be very supportive of, of the endeavor. And I think there were so many, just like with the, with the American women, there were so many women who were already a pilots who really wanted to do their part. In fact, it was funny. I was, I was reading just a little bit of my book the other night. And I remember the part where it said in, in the Soviet union, because so many women had gotten their pilot's license in the thirties and, and a lot of the, um, uh, had that opportunity to to fly and 
they were so desperate to to help in the war effort that they were stealing aircraft to go to the front. <laughs> so and so finally, I guess I guess you know Marina Raskova and Stalin they realized that like okay maybe we need to do something a little bit more organized, yeah. you know, <laughs> so we're not having these women steal planes and you know fighting. Um, you know, fighting against the Germans. So I think with the, in terms of like the gender issues that, you know, there were obviously, even though the Soviets kind of boasted their equality for women, it was still like very unusual for, you know, women to be working in this capacity. And of the three regiments, and I know you've probably talked in other interviews about just the kind of specifics of the regiments, but there were three regiments. There were the 586th, which was the, the fighter regiment, and they flew mainly the Yak ones. And then there was the 587th, which were the dive bombers, and they flew the PE2s. And then the 588th, which is probably the most well-known in the United States, which was the night bomber regiment, which was nicknamed by the Germans, the Nachthexen or night witches. And then they were so successful that they actually were awarded later in the war um, the designation of the 46th Guards Regiment. So they actually have two names. They had they were started off as the 588th and then they became the 46th Guards. And they were the only regiment in the war to remain exclusively female. So the other two regiments did have some men that were part of the of the aviation regiment. And they flew the PO2s, which was kind of like the, you know, <laughs> the world, the World War One era type of planes. People think of like the, the canvas and the, the wood biplanes. So it's always interesting to hear about, you know, when people realize that they, these women flew this, you know, against the Luftwaffe, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy, um, but they were very successful and they did an awesome job, but, but obviously, you know, there were, there were men that were very surprised, you know, I think with the wasps, wasps especially, you know, they would be stationed at some of these air bases that obviously had men in there. And a lot of the men, because Jackie Cochran, the director of the WASP, made the program so secret that a lot of the men, even on the base, weren't aware that there were women pilots. And so, you know, the younger ones typically like tend to be a little bit more receptive and open to it. But some of the, you know, I read accounts where a lot of the older pilots were just like flat out not willing to like, I'm not going to fly with this woman, you know, and a lot of them got transferred, you know, to another base or were pretty hostile. So, you know, it was tough. Like I, you know, like, like there was no, there's no women's restrooms, you know, on air bases, you know, and of course the, the Soviet and there was another thing that they had in common is they didn't really have their own fitted flight suits. <laughs> so the, the wasp called theirs zoot suits. And the Soviet air women too, you can see pictures of them in these like really, you know, very oversized, um, you know, flight suits that were obviously created for men. So, you know, so there was, there was the prejudice and then there was also just the, the kind of reality, I guess, of, you know, when you are stepping up into a role that's not normal in society that hasn't really been done. So there's going to be some difficulties and some some things and, and some things, you know, that end up kind of being, I guess, funny in some ways. Like there were some women, some wasps who were just, you know, just thought it was funny when the men would get all uppity about, <laughs> about them being there. And they're just like, oh, we, we just thought it was kind of, you know, we just thought it was just kind of funny. 
because I think I'm sure that they kind of expected it that this was gonna this was gonna happen. But but they you know they knew they could fly the planes just as well. And a lot of the women were actually instructor pilots before they became wasps. So a lot of them were had way you know way more hours in the cockpit than you know the men, especially the ones that they were training. So they were they were very uh, very capable. You know them and the of course Soviet air women in there. So so I think in terms of um, so in terms of being, you know, the being women, obviously they had that kind of connection of, of being kind of pioneers in aviation. And so they had that. And then, um, you know, in terms of the differences, I think obviously the clearest, the, the most, you know, difference is obviously that, that the WASP did not fly combat. The women, you know, even though the WASP had 38 women who lost their lives, um, even though they didn't fly combat, but they still with with mishaps and training accidents, you know, so they they did lose people, even though, well, you know, they didn't didn't fly in combat. So obviously the, the, the Russian women did have that kind of reality when they when they flew, they, you know, and they lost a lot of of their sister pilots, you know, they lost a lot of a lot of, um, of their friends. And so being so young and that must have been a really difficult thing. And, and, but, you know, like I said, that the, the women, the Russian and the American women would be able to have that in common. And one thing I do want to add is that it was kind of cool is that, that a group of wasps actually flew to Moscow. I think it was, it, I think it was in like the seventies, I believe. And so they actually got to meet and a lot of them corresponded with each other. So they, they, there were rumors that, that they each existed during the war, but that don't, as, as far as I know, I don't think any of them actually met during the war, but after the war that they did. And uh, so that's, you know, that's, it's kind of cool that they, that they had that connection to one another.